Every summer in Kansas City, 25 men have one simple mission, to win. Starting pitchers, corner power hitters, middle relievers, speedy gloves up the middle, closers, utility infielders, backup catchers, and they're each remembered here. From 1969 to last year, all Royals careers have been preserved with the most comprehensive collection of facts, memories, and stories in existence. Welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. And welcome in to the place that's all Royals baseball all the time on Clubhouse Conversation, where this week we've got a treat for you in the form of Brad Wellman, who played for the Royals at the big league level during the 1988 and 1989 seasons. But Wellman first began his career with the Royals when they drafted him way back when. His father was a scout for the Royals. He bounced around the major leagues with the Giants and the Dodgers and ended up right back where it started here in KC. And he joins us this week on Clubhouse Conversation. Hey, Brad, thanks for coming on board. Oh, you know it, Dan. So, update us on things. You're out in the Bay Area. Uh, what's new in your life, and what are you up to? Uh, right now, um, I have a facility. We've had a facility for maybe uh, 24 years out here where we work with uh, young kids as well as um, pro players, uh, kids of all ages. And just recently, I've started running a couple travel teams. And So, we've been busy in the baseball business up here. You've had a lot of kids go on and, and play professionally, too, haven't you, that you've kind of worked with throughout the years? You know, yeah, well, I've been lucky enough. We, we get a lot of the um, of the dedicated guys uh, in the area. So uh, m- mostly infielders, though. That's pretty much our forte. We work with a lot of infielders. And, you know, we've uh, had some kids that had a lot of desire and worked hard, and so we've been pretty lucky in that regard. Who are some of the uh, bigger-name kids you've worked with in the past? Oh, well, yeah, I mean, um, Eric Bruntlett, um David Matranga, uh, guys that both played in the big leagues. Uh, Eric played with the Phillies for uh, quite a few years after coming from the Astros. Uh, Matranga, David Matranga got to, to the big leagues and played um, um, in the Angels organization and also with the Astros. So we've um, uh, got a couple kids now. Ryan Sandoval, who's in AAA with the Mets. And... Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of guys here and there. I managed uh, and coached in uh, in the Astros organization for a few years, so those guys would always, you know, hop on a plane and come out to California and work out for a couple weeks. So I was able to touch uh, quite a few guys in that organization also. Yeah, you had six guys that played in the majors. We'll talk about that a bit later when you were with uh, the Astros organization there in Martinsville. But um, one thing I want to talk about, too, is your son, Casey. I see him on SportsCenter quite a bit, and he's playing professional hockey both uh, in the NHL and throughout the country. Um, do you get a chance to travel and see him quite a bit, or are you pretty busy where you don't get out as much as you'd like? Well, you know, Casey's been up and down, probably more down in the AHL than the NHL, kind of following his dad's footsteps. He's a grinder, <laughs> you know. Got to, got to earn it. You know, he's been through, you know, to a few teams, and but they have a little bit different situation in hockey than uh, than in baseball. If, you, if you're playing at a high level, you know, they have some other options. They have Europe. You know, they have obviously Russia, Finland, Sweden, Germany, where they actually, a lot of players can, um, if they don't see their path to the NHL um, open very wide, uh, some guys will opt to go to Europe, and uh, they make a very, can make a very good living there. Not, not exactly like uh, the baseball scene where basically if you're not in the big leagues, it's, it's pretty tough if you have a family. One thing, speaking of the Royals, it kind of has to do, I think, from what I understand, 
with kind of hockey and Casey getting involved. So is the story true that around 89 you were out in Boston and you went over to, you know, where the was it the Bruins out there playing and you, you couldn't really skate as much as you'd like, so you got upset about it, you were competitive, and you said, i got to learn to do this. And Is that true it kind of led to Casey doing that? Is that an accurate story? Yeah, we, we had the day off in, in, um, in Boston, and we went over to the uh, um, – New Jersey Devils workout before their uh, Stanley Cup playoff game. I'm, I, I'm not sure if it was the first or second round, and um, Bruins versus the uh, the Devils. And uh, I had been watching um, hockey, ESPN at midnight because that's the only time it came on back then. Right. Uh, it wasn't a highlighted sport at the time, and, and I just really started liking it. <clears throat> you know, the the players all played hard, and I thought it was a you know really competitive. Sport, you could actually hit somebody, and it was okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of a little bit more my mentality, I think. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and they invited me on the ice to uh, myself and Kevin Seitzer on the ice to uh, to skate, you know, in their workout. And uh, and I was a little embarrassed. I didn't know how to skate at all, so I had to turn it down. But I vowed that's the last time that'll ever happen. And so we, I came back to California, and I told the kids one day we were. And my wife Jody, that we we're going uh, skating, and we're going to learn how to do it, and that was the end of that. And pretty soon, I had two kids in hockey and going all over the place. So huh. that's how it all got started. And that's got to be pretty rare for a kid from California to play in the NHL, isn't it? I mean, I'm sure it's, it happens, but I'm sure it's not real common, is it? Yeah, no, it's it's not. I think that there's some transplants that um, you know from Canada that moved to this area, or you know, uh, kid from Russia that that moved to the area, and um, they ended up getting some time in the NHL. Um, Southern California, I think there's a few more, but Northern California, there's very few. I think uh, Bruce Orpik from the Penguins and uh, Casey are, are the only two from Northern California that I've ever played in the NHL. That's so cool that your son's doing that, and uh, we're definitely all pulling for him here in Kansas City, and we enjoy following him here as well. So let's go way back and talk about you kind of growing up and your family links to pro ball. Your dad, Gene, was a longtime Major League scout with the Royals and Astros, um, was also an athletic director and baseball coach growing up. Uh, how did he get involved with the, with the Royals? Was that before you, after you? How'd that work? Uh, you know, my, my father uh, was hired as a scout after after I had been in, uh, with, in the Royals organization. He had come down to watch some spring training games and uh, spring, uh, spring training uh, preseason stuff, and they asked him to – you know, that's where he made the contact to become a scout. Oh, that's cool. Well, what was his background with baseball? Did he just coach a lot growing up and stuff? Yeah, he 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 was the head football well, – he was a football coach and, and head baseball coach at Chabot Junior College in the, in, uh, up here in Northern California, in Hayward, California, and they were really successful. Um, JC in, in, in all sports. Um, and so I, I was able to grow up in, a, obviously, a very competitive world where I was there for halftime – you know, the halftime football talks, which weren't always all that pleasant. And, you know, I got to go to all the basketball games. So it was just, it was just kind of my world. I, 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 you know, gave me a big advantage, I think, just growing up in that in that uh, environment. And uh, But I think that actually, in, you know, when I was a sophomore, junior, I, I think I, I was actually a better football player or liked football more than baseball. I just wasn't big enough, strong enough, fast enough, <laughs> or mean enough probably to play at the next level. But so. other, than, other than that, though, right? <laughs> yeah, other than that, I was, I was all right. But, but, you know, baseball ended up being my, uh, you know, my path uh, in the end. 
Who were some of the uh, – do you remember any of the guys that your dad helped, uh, you know, discover and scout while with the Royals? Any names come to mind? Um, uh, Eric Bruntlett, one of the, you know, the kids from, from Stanford, uh, Dan Qualls. Yeah. Um, uh, there's There's been a, quite a few guys that had some, you know, short stints in the major leagues. And, and um, California's a, kind of a tough place to uh, scout, especially in Northern California. A lot of the kids that – you know, our draftable guys in this area, you know, they're going to have to get a pretty – they're going to have to be drafted pretty high to go because, you know, it's really college-orientated area where we're at, and kids will opt to go to college if they don't get drafted high enough. So um, it's kind of a tough place to scout. You graduated from Castro Valley High School in 1978 as a senior. You were first-team All-East Bay, All-Northern California in baseball. You also got the chance to play in the annual North-South High School Baseball all-Star Series. Were there some pretty big names? Do you remember playing in that game? Uh, yeah, Mark Langston. Uh, I think uh, Mark Langston, uh, myself, Buddy Bianca Lana. Oh, yeah, we love Buddy uh, here in town. Mike Gallego. Yeah. Uh, was, out, was on the South team. Um, I'll bet I ran across 10 or 12 guys off, off those between the two teams, the North and South, that – we either played together or played against each other and uh, uh, threw up the minor league system. So there, there were quite a few guys, quite a few pitchers. Uh, so you ended up signing with the Royals and agent Gib Boday, August 27th, 1978. Had to be a big day in your life. What do you remember about that? You know, I don't, I'm not uh, totally clear on the process. I, you know, I was, I guess, a little obliv- oblivious to the whole thing. I, you know, I just wanted to play and, I wasn't worried about going to school or where I was going to go. Or I always knew that I'd be able to go compete and win a job somewhere. So, um, you know, I think that a lot of some of the teams thought I was going to go to school, and I had some preliminary offers from from a couple bigger schools. But uh, we went down to play in the national championship series in Southern California. And, and actually, I was one for twelve in that series. We ended up winning the whole thing, um, and we were national champions that year. And uh, and Gibbo Day just, you know, came up and said, "Hey, I'll be up tomorrow to sign you." And you hear that sometimes from people, and oh, you're going to go in the first round or third round or eighth round, and try not to pay too much attention to it. But next day, he called up from San Francisco Airport, said, "Come pick me up." So we did, and you know, he offered me a contract, and I told him to, you know, put it down in front of me. <laughs> Give me a pen. Wow, so that was just the first offer and you took it, huh? Yeah, I, you know, playing baseball is, you know, is, is what I wanted to do. And you dream about it. And it's kind of one of the things these days, you know, a little, little bit more geared toward, toward, toward college than it used to be. But we grew up as kids dreaming to play, you know, professional baseball. And uh, then we get the offer and a lot of guys don't take it, you know. And, you know, you got to chase your dream. And we were you know, able to do that for our son. We're in hockey also, you know, he chased his dream and went away to prep school. We didn't really think that was a great idea, but it's what he wanted to do. And so, you know, but being able to chase your dream is an important thing. And I wanted to be a professional baseball player and contractors in front of me. It seemed like the logical thing to do at the time. So a kid growing up in California, 1978, what on earth did you know about the Kansas City Royals? Oh, probably not a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, I'd heard a few things about the academy and, and uh, you know, uh, quiz and, you know, 
George and uh, the, some of the big-name guys you, you, you hear about, you follow baseball a little bit. But, you know, I, it, it really didn't matter to me where, you know, where I went or what team I played for. You know, it was about the competition, about the challenge. And, and I was thankful that, the, that uh, I signed with the Royals. I think it was, a, you know, a good fit for me. Um, and, uh, you know, they gave me the opportunity. So uh, it all worked out. Your first season in pro ball was 1979 in Sarasota. Uh, mm-hmm. You were named to the Gulf Coast League All-Star team, so a good start there. What was that first season away from home like for you personally? What do you remember about that first year? Uh, yeah, I think at times it was tough. I, you know, out here in Northern California, we had, we played in a summer team that we played a, over 100 games in the summer. So the, the transition, you know, to that first rookie ball season, we played less games in, you know, in rookie ball than we than I did during the summer the previous three years. So that, that transition was, was fairly easy. Um, uh, being away from home, you know, obviously there's times where you, where you get a little bit homesick. Um, but, you know, you're, when you're out playing baseball for a living and, you know, competing, it's, you know, it, it, was, it was fun. It was worth the trade-off, that's for sure. 1980, a memorable season, I'm assuming for you. Also for me, I was born, the Royals were in the World Series, and you hit 333 with Fort Myers, 105 games. Got you second in the league. You were named a Florida State League All-Star Tops Player of the Month for August. And then you were a teammate of Tom Candiotti, um, who later became your brother-in-law. So I'm wondering, what was it like playing with him? And is that how you met your wife? Was it that summer in 1980, or had you known her before that? Uh, no, I, that was the that was the, when we first you know got together and met, and we were actually – you know, started bass fishing out there in the ponds in Sarasota. That's kind of how we kind of got together, and obviously both from Northern California. So, you know, that's how the whole that's how the whole thing started off, and ended up both going on and being able to be blessed enough to play, you know, at a high level. So, so Tom gave you the blessing that it was okay to date his sister, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, funny. it was. It was all right. You ended up uh, facing him twice at the big league level, and in '89 when he was with Cleveland. Uh, do you remember much about that game or facing him? Did you guys kind of rib each other or anything before the game? Uh, no. I mean, you know, he obviously, you know, his he had uh, he wasn't the hardest thrower in the world, right? And I always struggled against guys who, you know, were those soft guys. And he had a really good knuckleball and curveball. So uh, it was probably 0 for 2 off of him was what I can remember. So yep. that's about it. It must have been because I would have said if something good happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so your first year at AA then was with Jacksonville, the Jacksonville Suns, in 1981. Uh-huh. You had uh, the most uh, hits and doubles on the team. Um, Jacksonville, Florida, what do you remember about that year and some of your teammates that year? Well, you, you know, it was, uh, it was actually my toughest year. And I look back on it and it might have been, you know, beneficial for me to um, – to repeat there, I mean, obviously you don't, you don't think of that when you're young. You just want to keep moving up, you know. But uh, I actually struggled pretty hard. That's probably what I remember most. Um, I know that Buddy Biancolana was there, and and uh, he and I, you know, were in the middle. And, you know, we, we the field wasn't all that good. We both had kind of tough years. But I really had a, you know, I had a tough year offensively and, and defensively there. And, um I, I just didn't, uh, you know, it was one of those years, and I, I got, I didn't square the, the the barrel up to the ball as often as I'd like, and and uh, but you know it was a good learning process because, um, you know, this game of baseball is just there's failure everywhere, so 
you know, you have to be able to overcome it. So I think it was a good thing for me to struggle a little bit, you know. Uh, you get too fast of a rise and, and uh, you start taking things for granted. So it kind of put me back in my place a little bit after, after having such a good year the previous year. The next year was 82. You spent uh, just about a week with Omaha. You got uh, in six games, and then you got traded to the Giants with Craig Chamberlain, uh, Atlee Hammaker, and Renee Martin for Vita Blue and Bob Tufts. The uh-huh. moment you found out you got traded, what do you remember, and, and what kind of emotions did you have about that at the time? Well, I, you know, obviously there's, you know, that's a double-edged sword, right? Somebody doesn't want you, but somebody does want you. So I think it's, it's mixed emotions. I mean, obviously I was coming, you know, coming back home to, to, to Northern California if, if I was ever to, you know, to make it. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I really like my teammates every, everywhere I went and got along with them good and the camaraderie that we had there. I'm, I, I was pretty sad that that, you know, that was taking place, but new challenge and, you know, Phoenix, Arizona versus, uh, Omaha. Um, yeah, right. You know, and, in the West Coast, but you know, it was just—it was just a new challenge, and it, it took a—it took about a week to actually sink in after the actual trade, and and uh, I think I met the team on the road somewhere and really didn't know anybody. Um, but uh, you know, the manager was an easygoing guy, and Rocky Bridges, uh, legendary guy, and I made it pretty easy to fit in and uh, and play. So it was enjoyable. I, I still, you know, I still feel funny about it, you know, because I, I was a Royal, right. And, uh, but I think things came about in a, in a few years later, right. Yeah. Well, even that year in 82, you hit we went 10th in the, in the PCL 324, you got up there, um, September 4th, major major league debut. Did, did you get any cool stories about, you know, you always hear those, those famous stories. You got called into the manager's office and they trick you into getting called up. Did you get any, you know, memorable stories about how you got your first call to the big leagues? No, I, no, no, Nothing off, nothing different, right? I mean, what you know, in the September call up, you know, you're sometimes you're there just to, just to get used to the speed of play, and and um, so it it's a little it's a little different when you get your September call up versus it, it, you truly get called up for the for the first time and it's for real. So, um, and just being able to you know see the level of play, get some of the nerves out, you know, it was it was. I think that's pretty important. And then you, yeah, you got that uh, the first hit out of the way too. With the last game of the year off of Dave Stewart, uh, you, you still have that baseball in your collection? Yeah, I do. The fastball away. So yeah, I do. Uh, I think I think Steve Garvey was playing first. He, you know, was kind of kind of cool. He was one of the guys that I kind of you know grew up watching, and and uh, so it was it was a nice moment, and and. Uh, just wish there would have been more of them throughout my career, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got some more coming. Don't worry. Um, so, 83 had to have been both a frustrating and exciting year. You got you know, the last cut from spring training, but then you got called back up on May 28th. But one thing I want to ask you about that used to always be on the back of the baseball cards, you know, on your little random facts about Brad Wellman, was that you won $1,000 on a clubhouse dare to shave your head. Tell us the story. Well, I, I think it was uh, uh, Chili Davis actually was being offered um, – 1500 to shave his head and uh and i said i'd do it for a oh man i just made an offbeat comment i'd do it for a thousand <laughs> just you know we were in atlanta and uh so before you know before i could even get the thousand dollar remark out of my mouth there was you know 10 100 bills sitting there so <laughs> 
You know, I sat in the chair, and they took the sheep shears, and off it came. What did uh, Jody think about that? What were her thoughts? Well, <laughs> she wasn't totally happy with it, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, $1,000 back then, it's not, you know, the salaries weren't weren't exactly like they are today. So Right, so that meant you know, a lot. It was worth it. So you made your first opening day roster in 84, uh, but then they sent you back to Phoenix before you got in the game. Then you came back up June 1st. There was a managerial transition that year with uh, Frank Robinson being replaced by Danny Ozark. What do you remember about that transition? Um, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a blur, you know, I mean, obviously you want to make, you, you want to make the team out of spring training and stick. And I mean, notoriously through the the minor leagues, I was usually a fairly slow starter. And then I would, you know, really start warming up and get hot in, in the, in June, July and, and August. And, and, uh, you know, at the big league level, sometimes you don't have a chance to do that, obviously, right? If you, if you, if you're in there and you're, struggling a little bit and I always seemed to struggle early on until I got comfortable you know you there's uh you know right away the results are you know they need results so you know it's kind of one of the things that worked against me a little bit I think through my careers is uh being a slow starter but um you know the whole transition thing I really didn't care who I played for yeah <laughs> I just I really you know I had more of a relationship with with my teammates than than the manager and the manager has his job to do and so kept it kept it at that kind of relationship, and it usually works out pretty good. You know when he wants to get sent down. Um, I did it. I did it enough to where, you know, um, I wasn't used to it, but it wasn't some big surprise if I got sent down. Well, '85 there was no sending down. That was your first year. You made the well, you made the opening day roster again for the second straight year. But then, entire season major league level under Jim Davenport, Roger Craig. That was also a big year, of course. For the Royals, their one and only world championship. Do you remember watching that on TV and, and watching any of your old Royals minor league teammates like Betty Bianca Lana get in there? Yeah, I did. Um, you know, I did check in a couple times on the series. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm not a big baseball watcher. Yeah, I'm a pl- baseball player, but I, I don't tend to watch the game all that much at that level. You know, I mean, it's I, I want to be there playing. So, but I do remember checking in on Buddy and some some of the guys that I'd played with and, um, you know, a little jealous actually, Yeah. you know, leaving the organization and having, you know, and, uh, after I left the organization, they, you know, they, they started doing well. That was kind of my, you know, my forte. I think I was one of the, <laughs> all, the all the teams had to do is just trade for me, get rid of me. And right. the next couple of years were really good. So, <laughs> and he turned into like Reggie Jackson. Remember that that ALC or the or the ALCS and the in the World Series, and he was on Letterman. Did you ever see him on Letterman, buddy? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I talked to him about it a few times. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> funny. It's nice to see him. Uh, so '86 was your last season with the Giants. Uh, you made another opening day, third year in a row, but then you got sent down to Phoenix on May 1st, and then uh, kind of finished up that season and never got back. Did you kind of know at the end of that year that that would be it with the Giants? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, Robbie Thompson was coming up uh, behind me. And, uh, you know, he, he had a really, really good game, um, you know, he, defensively and offensively. And I could see, you know, where, where it was kind of moving toward. So, you know, I just prepared myself. And, then and you, went- uh, you know, when I got sent down, I knew it was probably going to be the end uh, in the Giants organization. So I kind of hopscotched over to the, to the Dodgers for a short period of time, played AAA the next year, and, and got to the big leagues and uh, – uh, with them for just a cup of coffee. Were you? Was that the first year you'd kind of played shortstop most of the year there in Albuquerque in AAA that year in '87? Uh, I, I, I played shortstop in, in, in rookie ball. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the whole year. Um, 
actually I was signed as second baseman supposedly. I never saw the the actual report, but um, but I played I played shortstop my whole career before that and in uh, amateur baseball. So yeah, I wasn't uncomfortable with it at all. Then, actually, I was more comfortable playing short than second. Didn't you even catch that year in 87? Weren't you catcher a few games too? Was that the first time you'd done that? No, I was actually uh, um, I was actually the third catcher one year, but fortunately I never had to go in the game. Oh, that's play. good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that might have gotten ugly. Yeah. Uh, so 87 ended. And uh, you became a free agent, and you came back to where it started, uh, signing with the Royals that October after the season. What made you choose KC and uh, return to where it all started? Um, they gave me, you know, they were the first ones to come in and give me an offer and, you know, get back into the organization. That was an easy choice, right? So uh, John Sherholtz there, greatly respected him, uh, always a straight shooter, Um of course, he left after a few years to go to Atlanta, but, you know, he was always a straight shooter. I, I really respected him, and um, and obviously I knew, still knew some guys in the organization, and so, you know, it was, it was, it was, an, easy, it was an easy choice. It must have been kind of cool, 1988, getting to spring training, the first year of boardwalk and baseball in, uh, in Baseball City. The, you know, the idea kind of ended up being a flop in the end, but what was it like opening up and, and, and did, did you guys get to go on those rides and stuff, you know, on your off days back in the day and enjoy that? No, I don't re- even remember, you know, I, just, I, I, my memories are the park being closed. Oh, really? You know, yeah. Uh, you know, I, you know, there was some stuff going on, but you know, we didn't venture over there to do any of that kind of stuff. But usually when the baseball season started, you know, some guys are, you know, able to just live their lives and go do their thing and have some fun. And, and you know, it was, it was a little tougher for me. You know, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't eat three hours before the game or three hours after. Uh, I would just you know focused on baseball and and you know, this is the way I was as an individual and uh, probably hurt me a little bit in in that respect. But it probably took things a little too serious. But uh, but you know the the whole, I remember the turf there. You know uh, uh, was horrible because it didn't bounce. You know you had that turf in Kansas City where. You know, if a guy had a topping ground ball, you, you, you know, you'd be better off being an NBA player, right? Because you really <laughs> had to get up to go get it. And then the turf in, at uh, Baseball and Boardwalk in Payne City was, uh, it, was re- it really flattened out on you. So it, it was tough to get used to, actually, because you're used to the ball bouncing so high. And, and when it flattens out like that on turf, it's kind of a weird feeling. Remember how hot that turf would get here too? Are those stories true of putting your feet in like water in the in the dugout during afternoon games here in Kansas City because that turf was so hot? Yeah, you know that was one of the uh, that was one of the remedies. But another remedy was you take off your uh, um, your insoles and you'd put aluminum foil under your insoles and then put your insoles back in because the your spikes. Your metal spikes, right, would get so hot that they would burn your feet all the way through your insoles. Oh my so gosh! We put aluminum foil um, in between the layers to keep the uh, to keep the spike, the actual metal spike part, from burning your your feet. That's how hot it got. Huh. It's crazy. So you got here in '88. I'm assuming you probably didn't really know anybody because Buddy was gone by then. You probably didn't have any really old minor league teammates left. What was it kind of like your initial reaction to your new teammates and the, and the kind of the clubhouse culture as compared to LA and San Francisco? Uh, I think it was, it was a little more laid back. I mean, in in the National League at that time, 
one run meant a lot. And, you know, we wouldn't go two weeks without having fisticuffs in the cage somewhere for someone taking somebody's swings. Huh. Right. I mean, it was really a serious thing. And, you know, and then the American League was a, not laid back, but it, it, it was it was probably just a little bit more comfortable, I, I would say. And but I still knew some guys that, that you know, Gubazon and uh Gubazon, Saberhagen and you know, because I was uh I was in spring training uh one year before I got traded in my you know, the double A year, right? Uh or the after my double A year. I was in spring training, so I I uh I knew five or six guys pretty well going back there. So that that's why it was such a good fit for me because I had a good relationship with some players over there already. Well, nineteen eighty eight would be a great year for you personally too. You had a career high two seventy one, and I bet you remember this, don't you? The inside the park home run off of Bob Welch. You know I don't. Really? <laughs> I remember it. I remember an inside the park home run I had in Montreal, but they called it a triple because because uh, the second baseman bobbled the ball. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know so. As we're getting older, our our memories get worse. You know, I, I remember a lot of the actually bad things that happened in my career way more than the good things. It's crazy how that works. I can't believe you don't remember that. It had to have been your only one, right, officially, besides the Montreal one that was unofficial? Yeah, that was kind of an official, unofficial one in Montreal. But, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I remember it a little bit, but it, it, nothing strikes me right now. It's it's hard to, hard to imagine this in 2014 here with the Royals, but – Back in 88, you guys finished 84 and 77, third place, which, which was kind of disappointing back then. Is that kind of a fair statement about the about the expectations back then when 84 and 77 just wasn't really good enough? I mean, cause we'd probably kind of be celebrating that today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think when they had such good success and they had, you know, such that big, that core group of guys um, uh, that were there, uh, George and Frank and Billy Wilson, and, you know, that, that whole core group was was pretty special and, you know, as a young player coming up, you know, to be truthful with you, I was I was trying to survive, right? I was trying to fit in, and and you know, and if the you know if the boat went south, I went south with it, right? So it, it, I didn't have a, a big impact in any way. I was trying to find my way in the organization. So you know, that, that question is probably better asked for somebody who one of the core guys who had been there for a long time. 1989 was a fun summer here, uh, 92 and 70. You finished just seven games back of the world champion A's that year. You guys were in the pennant race the entire summer, but just couldn't quite catch them. There was no wild card. Unfortunately, that 89 season, your last one of the big leagues, what sticks out uh-huh. about that What sticks out about that year to you? Well, I think that, um, you know, the being close to it, you know, it was, it was nice. I would have really, you know, loved to have been in a playoff atmosphere. And, uh, you know, we came up short and, it's uh, at the same time trying to juggle your emotions about where you stand on the club. Um, but in the end, the best you can do is what you can do and not worry about things that aren't in your control. But you can kind of get a feeling of how things are going. And and I knew that, um, you know, as we move forward, I actually had a good spring the next spring. and and um, But uh, that would, it would have been but ended up being my last spring training in 90, I'm pretty sure. What uh, what made you kind of decide to walk away in '90? Just you know, just time to move on. Yeah, I had had enough of uh, up and down, up and down, up and down, and and uh, yeah, I didn't think it was fair to my family. You know, I, I don't want to wake up when I was 34, 35 years old and being AAA and having someone say, "Oh yeah, you know, you'll, you'll be the first call up." I just didn't feel that that was uh, really what I where I wanted to go with my life at the time, and 
And I had, you know, hey, I had the pleasure of playing at the highest level. I, you know, I was blessed to be able to do that. I played some great people, and I just felt it was time to, you know, move on. I had a couple other offers uh, after being, you know, uh, let go in 90 with the Royals. And, uh, but I just, I just felt it was time to, to move on, start a different path. Do you think it would have been different today with the, with the much higher salaries if you were teased with that $1.2 million as a utility role? Would you maybe have hung on a little bit longer? <laughs> I, don't know, I probably would have saved it and went on the professional bass tours. Probably yeah. what I would have done. <laughs> there you go. That's my kind of guy. So, yeah. what was it, I got to know, what was it like playing with Bo Jackson? Did you have, do you have any amazing Bo Jackson memories, stories? Oh, there's. I think everybody who's ever played with Bo has got an amazing story, right? You know, when he went Seattle, when he threw that ball flat-footed and threw uh, uh, the runner out at home plate on a uh, hit-and-run. and Harold Reynolds, you know, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Harold Reynolds. Yeah. And there's no way anybody throws him out from there. I mean, no human, right? Uh, and, you know, Bo picked it up flat-footed, and uh, it was pretty amazing. But there were some clubhouse stories that were pretty good where, you know, we're in Anaheim and take a bet about, you know, could could Bo jump over the spread? And the spread was all the food on top of the picnic table. And this picnic table was the biggest, tallest picnic table I've ever seen. And, you know, Bo, you know, we were saying there's no way you could get over it, you know, with a with a running leap. And he did it standing still sideways and cleared it <laughs> easy. It was like the bionic man. It was probably one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. And, uh, but I think everybody who's ever played with Bo, I mean, he's, he was, he, you know, obviously such a great athlete that um, every every couple of weeks, you know, he did something and just went, oh, my gosh, you know. I'm just happy to be here to fit in, right? <laughs> I mean, you see that kind of talent. Did you ever try to, to break a bat over your over your leg? Did he inspire no, you? No, 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 no. Could, could you have pulled uh, it off if you wanted to or not? Could I have pulled it off? Yeah. Could I you... think the adrenaline would have had to have been really, really, really high. <laughs> yeah. So and pro- I think the handle would have had to be a little bit thinner than his handle. <laughs> uh, how about George Brett, your favorite memories of him? Well, you know, George was kind of a, a different kind of guy because he worked really hard, but he didn't really didn't really work hard, right? I mean, right. he he spent a lot of time, uh, you know, perfecting his um, perfecting his hitting style. But you know, he was a guy who, you know, was always saying, "Hey, you need to try try easier, not harder," right? So he was a special guy who could, uh, you know. You could get when he got hot. It was it was it was lights out. You couldn't throw him a pitch. You couldn't hit. And I think one spring training, he got like 23 hits or something. It was something incredible. I think he got a hit every time up for like seven straight games or something. Jeez. It was crazy. Or six straight games. So uh, no, he was you know he was a phenomenal player. Um, and I think his just his mind and the way it worked and you know how calm and at ease with the game he was. That that was really impressive. Right where some of us. Are, trying a little too hard at point in time during the during the year you know he was at total ease with the game and and uh that's kind of a fine line and you know he was one of the best ever how'd you like playing for uh for duke Woth in those two years no i love it duke was duke was a really good guy and you know i mean he he, he was a he was a player not you know not too long before that so um you know he had a, he had a little bit of a player's mentality and and I really like I really enjoyed playing for him learned learned some things from him you know it actually helped me you know managing and coaching and when I ended up doing that for in the Astros organization so 
um, you know, straightforward guy and would, you know, would always tell you the truth and, you know, but he had some compassion too. So I really enjoyed playing for him. So, okay. So when you look back to Kansas City then, what are your favorite memories of being here? Um, you know, I know you don't have too many memories off the field, but it's kind of on the field. But yeah. When you think back to being a Royal, what do you think about? Well, I mean, the, the ballpark in itself, you know, the um, waterfall and the, you know, just, um, it was a great place to play. You know, it was, it was, you know, like I talked about, you know, I was always at the ballpark, so it's kind of like a ballpark rat. And uh, so I, I didn't do a lot of stuff off the field. Um, but, you know, just the surroundings of the of the ballpark and you know, the fans were really exceptional there, probably probably the best in the three places that I played for sure. And um, so it was really a comfortable place to be. And, uh, you know, it was, it was just gratifying just to be able to, actually even step on the field with those with those kind of players at that level and to be able to do it in Kansas City where you know uh, uh, I was able to you know meet Len Dawson which was one of my idols when I was you know growing up watching football right so that was nice but I, just the ballpark and the, and the fans in general were, were spectacular you mentioned the fans you actually are my all-time favorite Royals player which I, I tell people that and they're like really Brad Wellman I'm like <laughs> like yeah I got I bought two of his broken bats off of eBay and I, I bought your uh, you know your, your powder blue road jersey and I interview people and I ask them about you. I've got a funny David Howard story for you, by the way. Remember him? Yes, I remember David. He told me you gave him the best advice of his career, that uh, they asked him if he could play third base, and he'd never played third base in his life, and you told him, they asked you, just say you can do it. Just say you can do it and figure it out later. And he <laughs> told him yes, and he told me he played like a full season and never have played third base in his entire life because of you. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, one of these days, if you uh... – if he, well, he was a he was a great kid. I really I didn't know him for a long period of time, but but he was a great kid. If you ever have him on again, ask him about the time we went bass fishing in Florida. You'll get a kick out of it. Oh, I will. And, and George Brett, by the way, calls David Howard the best athlete he ever played with, more than Bo Jackson. Can you believe that? No. He said that uh, <laughs> David Howard entered like a professional uh, tennis tournament in the off season for fun and like won it like never playing and he was like a professional golfer almost and stuff so. yeah no he's yeah he was really talented kid he was awesome right but i mean yeah but uh george is being nice i think i think david <laughs> howard was a great athlete but yeah bo jackson he, yeah you can't put anybody up against bo that's that's craziness did you at least get a chance to try some uh, some good barbecue while you were here? Do you remember? You know, I'm more partial to uh, barbecue in California, to be truthful with you. Really? Uh, really? I, I love the steaks in, uh, in Kansas City. Yeah. Yep. I know. I just made a ton of enemies right there with yeah. that statement, I think. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Don't worry. You're still my favorite player, at least. <laughs> Thank you. So it was all work, no play in KC, huh? Eat, sleep, baseball. Get to the ballpark. Playing bridge with Charlie Lee Brandt and <laughs> Jamie Quirk and George and Sites and right, we we're big bridge players back then. By the way, you know, really? Oh yeah, bridge was huge in Kansas City. I thought only grandmas played that game. They were playing as big, huh? No, it was it, it was really big, right? And that's where I learned to play it. So, all right, well then you managed. Uh, so from kind of uh, from '90 to '99, you were I'm sure back out there working with baseball like we talked about earlier. But then '99 and 2000, the Appy League called the Astros, the Martinsville, now defunct Astros, but they were around from '99 to '03. You were league champs there in uh, in '99. You managed six future MLB players. What was it like uh, riding the buses in the Appy League? Uh, actually, fun because I didn't have to play. Yeah, <laughs> the next day, right? So you know, being. I think going in, you know, it, it was uh, I had a game plan, and that was to run an attacking style of, of, of baseball where 
we were going to use the running game to to uh, to build confidence and and uh, so I, I just had a game plan going in and put it to work and you know I, I, what I try to do is treat the par- uh, players you know fairly and and uh, but there were a lot of things that I didn't really particularly like about some managers uh, and in the minor league level so I made sure I learned from that and tried to give the players the best experience that they could have. Uh, while still having some discipline and and uh, and it worked out. We had a we had a, I had a couple good years where we won two championships and yeah, out of the three years that I I managed so or coached and managed so we we had some fun. Ever a chance you'd uh, manage again or get involved with pro ball or are you pretty much just happy with what you're doing now? You know the the pro the, it would have to be the right situation because uh, at at the at the pro level, um, you know there's. Um, it's not always as it seems to be, and uh, I like to uh, I like to call it how I see it. So, not really very easy for me to answer to anybody in, in that respect any, anymore. Right? I pr- speak my mind probably more than I should have even back in the day. So, <laughs> yeah, that's it's good quotable stuff. That's all that matters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I had plenty of that. I think. Is there anything else? Anything you'd like to add? You know, to the fans of Kansas City, or just to anybody, any baseball fans listening to this right now? No, I just think that uh, you know Kansas City was you know was was where I was drafted and and uh, it, it's really my my uh, my favorite place my favorite you know team to play for. I think that um, the organization that the, the fans there were the best I've played in front of, uh, probably the most loyal. Um, and uh, yeah, I just truly enjoyed my time there, and I uh, really wish it could have gone on for. Few few years longer for a lot of different reasons, including my pension. But <laughs> it, it, it was it was a blast, and 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 there were no negatives playing there whatsoever. Were there? Were always some negatives playing in some other places, but the overall experience in Kansas City was the best. Well, we won the most games since uh, 1989. This last year, or 86, and. The Royals are looking towards making the playoffs this year, hopefully for the first time since '85. So it'd be nice to get you back. You said you've never been back before, right? We got to get you back someday for a game so you can check out the new Kaufman. Yeah, that would be great. I'll, I'd be I'd be willing to do that for sure. Um, anytime uh, that uh, maybe you guys get some alumni together, I'd, I'd I'd definitely like to come out and do that. Very good. Well, hopefully we'll get you out here soon. Hey, thanks so much for all your time, Brad. You've been very generous with it, and uh, and thank you for all you gave to the Royals, both coming up in the minor leagues and uh, you know towards the end at the major league level in uh, 1988, 1989. I told you off the air, uh, my first game was in '89 as a kid. I can still remember it like it was yesterday, and and you pinch hitting and getting a base hit up the middle, and that's always uh, been ingrained in my mind. So you're still my hero all these years later. It's it's a you know it's an honor to talk to you, and look forward to meeting you soon. And, and thanks again for all you gave to the Royals and for your time. Oh, you know it, Dave.